Good morning, friends. Greetings in the name of the Lord, the maker of time and the terminator of time. In the beginning, God, and at the end, time shall be no more, he declares. In this interlude of eternity, he says, redeem the time. My text this morning is Ephesians 5, verses 16 and 17. For those of you who I haven't met yet this year, I wish you a happy new year and a good and profitable and God-honoring use of time this year as the Lord tarries. Ephesians 5 And verse 16 says, Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Let's take some time to think about time. The time is here. Sorry, I don't have time. It's time to quit. Let's take our time. Time drags. Time flies. Time stands still. Time marches on. We got to make up lost lost time. I'm running out of time. And so on. Now, I've read a study that says for a 70-year-old person on average, such a person has spent 24 years sleeping, 14 years working, 8 years in amusements and leisure time, 6 years at the dinner table, 5 years in transportation, 4 years in conversation, 3 years in education, and 2 years in studying and uh, reading. The other 4 years were spent in miscellaneous pursuits. Of those four years, a uh, typical person spends 45 minutes in church on Sundays and five minutes devoted to prayer each day. So, not a very impressive uh, five months that such a person gave to God over the 70 years of his life. Even if uh, he were a faithful churchgoer who attended Sunday school and three one-hour services per week, he would have spent only one year and nine months in church out of the 70 years. Well, this passage says, redeeming the time, that's what, why, because the days are evil, and how, understanding what the will of the Lord is. So I'd like to look at those three different aspects. First of all, what does it mean to redeem the time? Redeeming has to do with buying. Buying up. Making the most of opportunities. Make good use of time. Godly use of time. It's the idea of the parable that Jesus told when he said, Occupy till I come. Make good use of the time. And as Moses said, I suppose toward the end of his life, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. 
So redeeming the time means we are to make good use of it, buying it as it were, and uh, using it for the glory of God. Now it says uh, in this text, because the days are evil. Here I'd like to mention some reasons for redeeming or managing our time. I'm told that every day in America, 100,000 of us move to a different home, and about 20,000 move to a different state. And every day in America, 40 Americans turn 100, about 6,000 become 65, and 8,000 try to forget their 40th birthdays. Every day Americans purchase about 50,000 new automobiles and trucks and smash up about 90,000. 20,000 people write letters to the president. Every day in America, dogs bite 11,000 citizens, including 20 mail carriers. And I think maybe the, the dog issue is even higher in Lansing, Minnesota. Every day in America, we eat 75 acres of pizza, 35 million hot dogs, 167 million eggs, 3 million gallons of ice cream, and 3,000 tons of candy. Well, when I think about a fast pace that we have here in the United States and Canada, and contrast that with my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Bean, or Richardson, or Axt, um, they, my grandparents, probably traveled uh, no more than 10, 20 miles from home, probably met a total of 100 or 200 people in their life, probably worked at same job all their lives, working for a landlord, probably eating the same kind of food, uh, lots of potatoes, uh, a few veggies, uh, a bit of meat, not much variety. But we live in a fast-paced age. We're busy individually, we're busy corporately, we're up early, the family scatters to school, to employment, by evening, there's coming and going, and it resembles a bit of a treadmill. You know, Christians are called to everlasting life, not exhausting life. This is the age of the half-read page and the quick hash and the mad dash, the bright night with the nerves tight, the plane hop and the brief stop, the lamp tan and the short span, the big shot in a good spot, and the brain strain and the heart pain and the cat naps until the spring snaps and the fun's done. What does the Bible say? Be still and know that I am God. Let's sing that little chorus if you can join me. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. The Bible also says, Love God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Jesus asked Peter, and I think he asked us also, Lovest thou me more? So, because we live in a fast-paced age, we need to be 
deliberate and prayerful, that we're not squeezed into the mold of the world. Well, we live in a fast-paced age. That's why we need to redeem the time and be thinking about that. Furthermore, um, we should redeem the time because time is limited. And so it must be managed like other scarce resources. We all have 24 hours in a day. Our days are identical suitcases, all the same size but some people pack more into the suitcase than others. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Time is limited. Therefore, do what is most important. An unknown author wrote, I have only just a minute, only 60 seconds in it. Have to take it, can't refuse it, but it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. Furthermore, time is uncertain. We don't know when time for us will end. There is but a step between me and death, or in our culture and location, there is but a center line between me and death and a heartbeat depending on our physical condition. Man had a checkup, went in to see his doctor, get the results. Doctor said, got good news and bad news for you. I actually said bad news and worse news. Which did you want to hear first? I said, well, I'll take the bad news. Doc says, uh, bad news is that you only have 24 hours to live. Man said, what could be worse than that? Doctor said, I was supposed to tell you this yesterday. Each of us needs to be ready to die and ready for Jesus' return without any advance notice. You know, a busy person will never be too busy to attend their funeral. Furthermore, redeem the time because time is irreversible and irrevocable. We can't turn back the wheels of time. As a tree falls, so shall it lie, the Bible says. I can never go back to my childhood or youth. Uh, second childhood, I guess. I might be approaching that. But not in the sense of being useful. There was the story that Jesus told about the ten virgins. They would have liked to reverse time, but not possible. The door was shut. No time to get the, the uh, oil for their lamps. Esau saw his mistake too late. Afterwards, the Bible says, he wanted things to be changed, but it was too late concerning his birthright. Judas, who betrayed Jesus, found that Father Time makes no return trips. Saul, looking back over his life, said, I have played the fool. I've messed up big time. And 
He couldn't reverse it. Fortunately, as there is time, we can repent. Time is irreversible. So, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Accept his salvation. It applies to matters of our soul. It applies to uh, cuddling a baby and uh, discipline of children. You can't go back to those earlier years. Furthermore, the Bible says that time goes fast. It uses various analogy. It's like a vapor, James says. Time's a handbreadth, tis a tail, tis a vessel under sail, tis an eagle in its way, darting down upon its prey, tis an arrow in its flight, mocking the pursuing flight, mocking, sorry, tis a short-lived fading flower, tis a rainbow on a shower, tis a momentary ray, smiling in a winter's day, tis a torrent's rapid stream, tis a shadow, tis a dream, tis the closing watch of night, dying at the rising light, tis a bubble, tis a sigh. Be prepared, O oh man, to die. hundred years ago, life expectancy was about 50. Year 1900, the life expectancy in America was 47 years of age. I've passed that by a few years. Some of you are right about there. Now it's more like uh, 77, 78 for men and about 82 for women. Yet, life is brief and fleeting. Furthermore, we should redeem the time because life consists of more than just time passing. What is your life? James says. Remember back when I was uh, 18, graduating from high school, supposed to put our little saying in the yearbook. I was a Christian at that point, and I remember writing, life is serious, act accordingly. In other words, redeem the time. I must have had some concept of this already then. Those who know me um, realize that I enjoy at least a little bit of humor from time to time. But you know, life is serious. We are to be earnest. We are to think soberly. A group of young girls entered a shop. One of the girls wanted to get some, uh, add to her collection of antique stuff. And she wanted an hourglass. And she was able to find one. And the storekeeper said, okay, this is how it works. So she demonstrated how this old timepiece worked. And they stood there and they watched the sand trickle through the hourglass. And the prospective purchaser said, uh, um, actually, I don't think I want to buy this after all. Um, uh, it makes me feel sort of creepy to see the sand continually dropping down through the hourglass. It makes me feel uh, sort of old. Well, God has a plan for us. He wants life to have meaning. 
and purpose and fulfillment. It's just not that time keeps going on and we don't think more about it than simply letting it go by. Turn to John 17.3 for the essence of life. John 17.3 This is as Jesus was praying for his followers. The essence of life. This is life. John 17.3 And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Very different than one of the most famous, popular writers of America, Ernest Hemingway, who said, Life is a dirty trick. A short journey from nothingness to nothingness. There's no remedy for anything in life. Man's destiny in the universe is like a colony of ants on a burning log. No wonder there's numerous suicides and people saying, well, I guess there's nothing to life. I'll just try to eat the most pleasure out of it that I can. It's not the way the Bible puts it. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. That's what he offers each of us. Unlike Lord Byron, a famous poet of a hundred years or so, a little more than that, he said on his 33rd birthday, On life's road so grim and dirty I have dragged to three and thirty. What have these years brought to me? Nothing but thirty-three. Jesus said, this is life. This life is found in him. Now the reason we should redeem the time is because we can be deceived about time. In mercy, God gives us time to repent. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And uh, going now to Ecclesiastes 8, if I can find the book of Ecclesiastes here. Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 11 says, um, people, um, they observe life and they say, okay, I can get by with uh, pretty well anything. Ecclesiastes 8:11 says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. So they misinterpret God's mercy as, okay, doesn't really matter how I live, whether I sin or not. Yes, the Lord does give time to repent. Revelation 2 speaks about uh, giving warning and then space to repent. But time does come to an end. We may think we're in control of our lives and our circumstances and control of time, but we can be tricked. We can be fooled. We deceive ourselves, really. Jesus told the story of the um, farmer who had a bumper crop. He said, you know what? I got a problem here. I got a big problem, but it's a nice problem. Uh, I have all this uh, money, or I have all these uh, this, this crop, 
I've been producing so well. I know what I'll do. I'll uh, I'll build greater. And so he added to his storage facilities. And then he said, I can sit back. I can take it easy. I can simply enjoy whatever I want in life. And the Lord said, Thou fool, tonight you die. Then whose will all this stuff be? I'm giving a very loose paraphrase of that passage in Luke chapter 12. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Evil abounds. The propensity of the human heart is to let evil fill our days unless we choose God's ways and God's grace. Now then, having looked at what redeeming the time means and why we need to redeem the time, let's consider how to redeem the time. Be understanding what the will of the Lord is. Surely the greatest use of time is to spend it for something that will outlast time. Turn with me to Luke chapter 5, verse 15. My first point here is to give spiritual things priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, Jesus said. And here we have his example now in Luke chapter 5 and verse 15. He was busy. It says, But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Verse 16 and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. He gave priority to that which is most important. Now, if we haven't prepared to meet God, as what is it, Amos says, prepare to meet thy God, we're not managing our time well no matter how we do our work or relate to our families and so on. We're not managing time well. We're not redeeming the time if we're not saved. We're not redeeming the time if we're not right with God, if we're living in sin, if we're not ready for Jesus' second coming. Place your time into God's hands. As the psalmist said, my times are in thy hand. You know, the Lord is the best time management consultant so in the morning, we can thank God for the day. We can offer God each day, and we can let God direct our day. Going back to uh, Ephesians chapter 5, just like to notice a few other things about the context of our, of our text in Ephesians 5. Verse uh, 20 indicates we should live contentedly, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, verse 18 says, Be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 15 says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So those are some ways to give spiritual things priority. My next point is that we need to keep life in balance. Verse 17 in the Amplified says, Do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be committed, but don't be overcommitted. 
That has to do with balance. Don't neglect quiet time in your devotional life. Consider what God would have you to do each day. Remember the Lord's Day. That's a good use of time. Helps us to have perspective. To balance work and relaxation is helping to keep things in balance. Those who burn the candle at both ends, someone says, are not as bright as they think they are. Maintenance of, maintenance of uh, good family relationships are a good way of uh, redeeming the time, listening to family members, talking, playing with children. Still like to play with children. Doing things that contribute to a marriage. One billionaire after five marriages said, I soon realize you can't be a superlative success in business and also be a successful husband. He was on number five. Redeeming the time, how can we do that? We can learn to be efficient. Now my first attempt to um, be efficient and multitask was in grade five. I uh, had a social studies test. I was studying about Marco Polo and Christopher Columbus and uh, it was time for my weekly bath on Saturday night, as was the custom in those days. And um, I thought, well, while I soak in the bathtub, I'll take my notebook along with me. And uh, this was in the days of a fountain pen when it was uh, rather a runny ink that uh, was used by us at school. And anyway, I dropped my notebook into the bathtub. And it got all wrinkly and smeared, and my fifth grade teacher was not impressed by my multitasking by any means. I'm also trying to learn that it's not a good idea, not good, um, efficient, good use of time to be reading at the same time when my wife is talking. There are some things I can multitask well, but not, not that particular one. So a little hint for you husbands. But we can prioritize. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Make me a little cake first. Elijah, or Shah, I forget which, said to the, the uh, widow that was down to her last few morsels. Paul wanted to go to Rome but it was after Jerusalem. So it's important that we do things that are most important first. Another way to uh, use time efficiently and to redeem the time is to delegate. Don't feel that you have to do everything yourself. Paul and Barnabas had John Mark as their assistant. Paul sent two to Macedonia. Jesus, in feeding the 5,000 plus, had disciples to help him. A mother can use this principle also as, their, as her children grow. I teach them to uh, work. Remember, our sister-in-law, uh, and her little children, they were planting peas, and they enjoyed doing that, helping Mama. 
But the crows were crooked, but so what? The peas still grew. And it did uh, wonders for uh, a work ethic and also for self-esteem, feeling that they were important and contributing to the life of family. If you're an employer, you don't have to feel you have to have your fingers in everything. And in church life, if you're a leader, I don't think we should dodge responsibilities, but it's good to get others involved. Another uh, thing, way of redeeming the time is to learn to say no. We can't say yes to every need or opportunity to serve. Paul was passing by on ship past Ephesus on his way to Jerusalem. He said, uh, I must... Uh, he was determined to sail by Ephesus, Acts 20.16 says, because he was intent on getting to Jerusalem. You can't do everything that you would, would, uh, might like to do. It's wise to avoid packing too many good things into too short a time. And it's good to budget more time than you expect an activity to take or else you feel this time squeeze. I know somewhat what that's like. Some of us have workaholic tendencies and uh, we need to uh, deny self in some of those areas. However, at the same time, um, we should not be lazy or complacent. As we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Jesus went about doing good. So, there's a time to say yes and a time to say no. Furthermore, I think we are unwise if we complicate life with a bunch of unnecessary stuff. With expensive, time-consuming hobbies and activities. You don't need to ski in Colorado to get exercise. If you have a boat, well, one of the church members back home said, yeah, the more stuff you buy, the more stuff there is to maintain and the more time it takes. So appreciate the simple things around you. A good conversation with a friend. The sunset. The beautiful snow of two mornings ago, or was it yesterday morning? Nature's activities. Singing together, the joy of family life. Furthermore, we can be good managers of our time as we take periodic breaks. It's not wise, I find, to just work and work and work and work, even if I have a lot to do. I get a lot more done if I take five-minute breaks every hour or so. And Sunday has the same principle. And after a day at work, it's good and healthy to relax. Jesus said, come ye apart and rest a while. Or somebody said, if you don't come apart for a while, you may just come apart. Then there are those activities that really aren't very productive. So I say weed out non-productive activities. This may vary from person to person. 
I'm not a woman, but I don't get the point of putting all kinds of knickknacks into a house and then having to dust them. Not my idea of fun, I guess. Maybe some of you enjoy that kind of relaxation, but uh, some young people spend hours and hours polishing their vehicle, waxing it, and so on. Others run hither and yon looking for a bargain and taking all kinds of time in the process. Then there's issues like the mail. I don't get as much mail as I used to, but uh, I find myself looking at this right into the circular file it goes because maybe there's something interesting in there. I, I try to tell if there's something important. If, if you mail me anything, I'm sure to open it. I, rest assured on that. We can also redeem the time in practical ways. Um, what works for me and for my wife is to make lists. I'm a list maker. A must-do list and an optional list. It helps me to prioritize. It frees my mind. So I'm like, okay, what was the other thing I was going to do? I have to do. Barb, what was it that I told you at breakfast this morning? Now if I've got it written down, I can just go and check it. So it frees up my mind and it um, gives me a sense of accomplishment um, as I can. Okay, that's done. That's done. That's done. I have a daughter who... Uh, well, even, she's a list maker too. She will actually add things to the list after she's done them, just so she has the satisfaction of crossing it out. So, when I came to Bible school here, I had a list of about 40 things the last three days that I knew I needed to do. And uh, I, I think I got all done by but three, which I put on a list of things that I need to do once I return home to Ontario. Unfortunately, I did not put anything on my list about shoes. And so I ended up unpacking stuff when I arrived at Bible school to realize that I had two nice pairs of black shoes that I wanted to bring. One really nice shiny shoes and one sort of okay shoes. They're both in the same cupboard, and I ended up bringing two left foot shoes and no right foot shoes. So. Lists don't always do everything that they should. You have to think, too. Well, there are, there are things that we can do as we uh, travel. I think it's good to use driving time. Now, I think it's also good to concentrate on the job of driving. I'm not thinking texting and phoning is really, in fact, it's illegal in Ontario to do those things behind the wheel. Get a $500 fine or something like that if you are caught using a cell phone or uh, any <clears throat> electronic device that, it, that is handheld. But I know with my wife, we, we travel, and uh, I've got ideas rolling around in my head usually as I travel, and uh, sometimes I like to write them down, so I ask my wife to um, get a piece of paper and write down the ideas as they come to me. So in that sense, I am a dictator in our marriage. 
as I dictate to my wife what to, to write down, tends to put her asleep very quickly too, by the way, which is, yeah. So, if you travel with children, you can uh, enjoy them, uh, you can sing together, you can discuss things together, you can answer questions, you can say books of the Bible together. Um, I told, made up many stories uh, over the course of our travels with our children about two bears, both imaginary, who traveled along with us, sometimes in the car, sometimes outside of the car, by the names of Growly Grouch and Knucklebones. So, my children uh, know about those particular bears. As we travel, we can uh, say Bible verses to ourselves or to each other. We can pray. I think that's a legitimate thing to watch and pray as we're traveling. We also can redeem the time by avoiding time wasters. Procrastination is one of these. Someone said, never do today what you think you can put off till tomorrow. That's the philosophy of some people, but I don't think. I think it's better to do now what we ought to do. So for you farmers, remember, no farmer ever plowed a field by turning it over in his mind. Misplacing things, I'm not the most organized person in some respects. Usually I can find what I'm looking for. I'm told that uh, an average American spends more than a year of his life looking for lost stuff. So I don't think that's redeeming the time. There are other things that little specific points like uh, if we attempt too much, doesn't usually work out very well. Unrealistic time estimates, a failure to listen well, a lack of organization, a reluctance to get started. I'm really impressed by the students at Maranatha Bible School. They are really getting at their studies and and uh, trying to get things done ahead of time. I, I like to see that. My final point is that we should invest in people more than in things. And I know you fathers have lots of jobs to do, lots of things that need to get done. And you mothers are busy with housekeeping affairs, but don't forget children. Yesterday is in the tomb, tomorrow is in the womb. The future goes forward on the feet of little children. So, child training takes time. Reading to children takes time. Doing things together takes time, but it's a good use of time. Grew up on a farm, busy. Um, yeah, we played together some, but we worked together a lot. I read books, and included in the books was the idea that boys should go fishing. And we didn't have a river close by. So I asked my dad if we could go fishing. 
And so he agreed. And we cut a branch off of a tree in our apple orchard. And we found a string someplace, and we got a hook and a worm, and we went fishing in the Nith River, which only rivals the Jordan, I think, for muddiness. And we caught absolutely nothing. And after a couple hours, we came home. But I had gone fishing with my dad. And uh, I still remember that. Remember, um, a friend of mine told me this about his acquaintance. The uh, boy, 10, 12, 13 years of age, would ask his dad, Dad, can we play catch tonight? Uh, sorry, son, but I got a lot of, a lot of things I have to do. Dad, can we pay, uh, uh, throw a football around tonight? Um, well, um, no, not tonight. Um, I'm really busy tonight. Son turned into a 16-year-old. Sometimes be away. Didn't become a Christian. Dad wanted to talk with the son. And when the father would approach the son, he didn't have time to talk to his dad. One time he said, uh, Dad, you didn't have time for me when I was young. Now I don't have time for you. Menno Simons said, Study to the utmost of your power to lead your children on the way of life and keep them from the way of death as much as in you is. Pray to Almighty God for the gift of his grace that in his great mercy he may lead and keep them in the straight path and keep them there, leading them by his Holy Spirit. Watch over their salvation as over your own souls. Teach and instruct them, admonish them, correct and chastise them as circumstances require. Keep them away from good-for-nothing children for whom they hear and learn nothing but lying, cursing, swearing, fighting, and mischief. Direct them to reading and writing. Teach them to spin and other handicrafts suitable, useful and proper to their years and persons. If you do this, you shall live to see much honor and joy in your children. He also said, It is the greatest and foremost care of the pious that their children fear God, do righteously, and be eternally saved. Take time, parents, to commend your children, to point out when they've done, when they've done well, and to uh, indicate that you've noticed and that you appreciate it. Even as uh, our Heavenly Father, as he observed his son, Jesus, at the baptism, said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, communicating both love and commendation and praise. A little poem from others. I love you, Johnny, said Mother one day. I love you more than I can say. Then she answered his questions with, I don't bother me now, and just didn't have time to show him how to tie his truck to his tractor and plow. But she washed her windows and scrubbed the floor and baked and cooked and cleaned some more. Bring the neighbor in? Well, I should say not. 
You'll track up my floors and I don't want a spot. No, we won't have time for a story today. Mother's cooking for company, so run out and play. Maybe tomorrow, she said with a sigh. And Johnny went out almost ready to cry. I love you, Johnny, again, she said. as She washed his face and sent him to bed. Now, how do you think that Johnny guessed whether it was he or the house that she really loved best? Many parents say, looking back, after their children are grown or almost full grown, if only I had spent more time. I don't know if I've ever heard any parents say, boy, I wasted a lot of time with my children playing and talking to them and teaching them and training them. Mothers can prevent so much. They can prevent what correction officials can't do, rehabilitation, because they teach right and wrong and the consequences. Mothers can prevent what doctors can't mend, safety and good health. Mothers can prevent what psychiatrists can't fix, a healthy self-esteem and acceptance of the unchangeables. Mothers can prevent what teachers can't change. Less than half of the children in America have parents who read to them. Reading to your children is one of the best indicators of success in school. Doesn't mean they're going to be terrific scholars, but it is going to assist them. Mothers can prevent what preachers can't do. Reverence for God's name and a love for God's word. My appeal this morning is to redeem the time in 2016. And as long as the Lord tarries, someone gave this version of Psalm 23 for you to think about. The clock is my dictator, I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when exhausted. It leads me to deep depression. It hounds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzy for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it all done, for my ideal is with me. Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand my performance from me beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines. My inbox overflows. Surely fatigue and time pressure shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the bonds of frustration forever. That's not the way it ought to be. How much better to put spiritual things first? To have a balance in activities? To be efficient and focused on the priorities of life? To avoid time wasters? and to invest in people, especially in our children. Eternity, when time shall be no more, will reveal whether we have been successful in redeeming the time.